But what we don't want to see in the legislation is any incentive to create uh, homeless camps. It's like he's journey in all these culture war bills and this COVID grand jury. This is his don't stop believing. And we're tired of it. An alien who came to Earth to invade and take over the Earth and mistakes the World Championship of Wrestling for the World Championship of Earth. From the fourth floor of the Capitol Rotunda, you're listening to WFSU Public Media's Capitol Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Funding for Capital Report is provided by the following. HR Florida State Council, affiliate of the Society of Human Resource Management, advocating for the workplace on behalf of 16,000 human resource professionals and 6,300 Florida employers. HR Florida State Council. More at hrflorida.org. And from a grant from the law firm of Searcy, Denny, Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley, supporting public radio and taking time to care, on the web at searcylaw.com. This is Capital Report, the podcast. I'm Tom Flanagan. Among today's Capital Action, Governor Ron DeSantis says he supports legislation to crack down on homeless encampments in Florida. And we get more on that story from Tristan Wood. The governor has used his first several press conferences since dropping his presidential bid to reinsert himself in the legislative process. During a Monday press conference in Miami Beach, He spoke in support of a bill that would ban cities and counties from allowing people to camp or sleep in public parks, sidewalks, and streets. The measure also allocates money to shelter and mental health resources for the unhoused. DeSantis says he doesn't want Florida's public spaces to end up like San Francisco. I take it as like kind of the dad test. Like, can I just take my kids and just walk down the street to see shop? You should be able to do that every place without having to worry about homeless or being accosted by somebody. While he is signaling broad support for the bill, DeSantis did call out one section that would allow municipalities to designate certain areas where homeless encampments are permitted. But what we don't want to see in the legislation is any incentive to create uh, homeless camps, uh, particularly in areas that would that would interfere with with the public uh, conducting normal normal business. This isn't the first time DeSantis has weighed in on legislation moving forward this session. He recently voiced concern about the legality of a measure banning children under 16 from accessing social media. House Speaker Paul Renner released a statement signaling he is willing to, quote, narrowly craft, unquote, legislation to get policy passed that leadership in both grant branches agree on. When asked about how he's adjusting to being off the campaign trail, DeSantis told reporters his priority has been getting back in the saddle. Uh, But that's just the type of uh, guy I am. You know, whatever I have an opportunity to make a difference, I'm going to do. You're not going to see me go on like some hibernation where I'm like saying, oh, woe is me. That's just not how I am. While DeSantis signaled some disapproval with elements of the anti-homeless encampment bill, it is unclear if he would use his veto pen if the current version went to his desk. He's not the only one with concerns. Opponents have pointed out the bill puts a heavy burden on local governments. I'm Tristan Wood. The Senate Judiciary Committee was scheduled to take up a proposal today seeking to prevent minors under the age of 16 from having social media accounts. 
The House had overwhelmingly passed its version of the legislation, but Governor Ron DeSantis later raised legal concerns about the breadth of the measure. Parts of the tech industry also have contended the bill would violate First Amendment rights. Supporters of the legislation, including Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo, argue social media harms the mental health of children and can be used by sexual predators to communicate with minors. You know, it's interesting. Whenever someone doesn't like a bill, they say, oh, it's unconstitutional. You know, I'm not the courts. I don't have the opportunity to make that decision. House Minority Leader Fentress Driscoll voted for her chamber's version of the bill. Still, she has some concerns about how the measure would be enforced if it becomes law. We never really got answers about which platforms uh, were being targeted. We never really got clear answers about how the bill would be enforceable. The bill would prevent minors under age 16 from creating accounts. It also would require social media platforms to terminate existing accounts that are reasonably known by the platforms to be held by minors younger than 16. It would also allow parents to request that minors' accounts be terminated. Meta, the parent company of platforms such as Facebook and Instagram and tech industry groups, have criticized the proposal and warned about a court challenge. After Governor DeSantis suspended his presidential campaign, some lawmakers expected a change in priorities during the legislative session. However, WMNF's Chris Young reports that two Democrats in the House say nothing's new. Culture war bills are still moving forward in the Florida legislature. Things like banning local governments and schools from flying flags, including pride flags, and numerous anti-transgender and anti-diversity bills. Late last week, a grand jury requested by Governor Ron DeSantis released a report calling COVID-era lockdowns and masking ineffective. House Minority Leader Fentress Driscoll spoke out to media on Monday. And it feels like like he's a band that's past its prime, that keeps playing his greatest hits that nobody wants to hear anymore. It's like he's journey in all these culture war bills and this COVID grand jury. This is his don't stop believing. And we're tired of it. Democratic Representative Kelly Skidmore echoed her sentiments. She says her constituents have different priorities than some reflected in these House bills. Many of our House and Senate colleagues are um, weary of these uh, things, and they are getting um, the same messages that we're getting at home in our districts. And it is property insurance, property insurance, property insurance. However, Driscoll is remaining optimistic. What I'm hearing is that the Senate does not have the same appetite that it once did for these culture war bills. So we are hoping that the Senate will get back to being the Senate and that it will be a backstop and a moderating force on the House's more impulsive measures. The legislative session ends March 8th. In Tampa, I'm Chris Young. Damian Filer is a familiar figure at the Florida Capitol. Today, he's the communications director for Progress Florida and advocates for progressive causes. Filer has also developed a side hustle as a purveyor of the written word. He has plunged into the realm of science fiction with his new book. It's called The Grappler Chronicles, and it's a very lighthearted series of stories that follow an alien who came to Earth to invade and take over the Earth and mistakes the world championship of wrestling for the world championship of Earth and thinks that if he can just become the wrestling champion that he'll take over the planet. Hilarity ensues, and Filer says these stories should not be confused with serious science fiction. Just from a kind of style and genre standpoint, I do feel like I'm maybe 
landing somewhere between some of the really great Florida satirical writers, the Dave Barry's, Carl Hyacins of the world, and then maybe kind of colliding with a kind of Kurt Vonnegut style. He admits this is a big departure from his day job wordsmithing. That typically involves plenty of serious policy papers, media releases, and communication strategy plans. His fictional outpourings, he says, help him maintain perspective work-life balance, which is just a very challenging thing in the political arena. And so for me, the fiction writing, instead of being an extension of my political work, it's really an escape. And literary lobbyist Damien Filer hopes the saga of an extraterrestrial attempting world domination through pro wrestling will provide a welcome escape for readers as well. Our regular Capitol Report correspondents are Adrian Andrews, Gina Jordan, Lynn Hatter, Regan McCarthy, Margie Menzel, and Tristan Wood. Thanks also to Chris Young. Shows are available Monday through Thursday by 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, wherever you get your podcasts. On many of these Florida public radio stations, you can tune in each Friday to catch the latest on all things happening at the Capitol, and that show's also available in podcast form. Technical assistance comes from Taylor Cox, and I'm Tom Flanagan. This is Capital Report, the podcast from WFSU Public Media. Funding for Capital Report is provided by the following. A grant from the law firm of Searcy, Denny, Scarola, Barnhart, and Shipley. Supporting public radio and taking time to care. On the web at searcylaw.com. And from HR Florida State Council, affiliate of the Society of Human Resource Management. Advocating for the workplace on behalf of 16,000 human resource professionals and 6,300 Florida employers. HR Florida State Council. More at hrflorida.org. Capital Report is a production of WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee.